is tough, rewarding, fun, hectic, and everything in between. And every Monday, it starts all over again. This is a podcast for moms by a mom, where we'll discuss everything from parenting to families, entertainment to health and fitness, and much more. Welcome to Monday Moms with your host, Tara Gray. Welcome to Monday Moms. I'm Tara, and today I am joined by Alexis Rogers. She is running for mayor of Richmond. Just two weeks ago, she officially announced her candidacy for mayor. It was um, kind of a quick, some people may say a last minute run. <laughs> In just six days, your campaign reached the required signatures. You have a lot of people behind you. What went into the thought process as you were getting ready to announce your candidacy? Absolutely. Well, we're in the middle of a public health crisis and economic crisis and a civil rights crisis right here in the city and, and really across the country. And I was really frustrated uh, over the last uh, few weeks watching the mayor's response to this urgent crisis uh, when it comes to police violence against black folks. And I was down, um, you know, out in the streets marching with other folks. And really in hearing from the community, their, their pain and their concerns. And, you know, a lot of these folks have been fighting for years to see policy changes, whether it's uh, crisis intervention services uh, through the police force, a civilian review board. And they've just really been pushed out and not heard from our, our mayor. Um, and so as I continue to see that that was going to be his position to push out community leaders to say, you know, wait, justice doesn't come overnight. Um, I was I was incredibly disappointed and frustrated and thought now is the time for someone who is in touch with the community, who has progressive values and who also understands governance in the process to jump in the race and give Richmonders a better option. When you made the decision, did you sit on that for a little bit before you announced or was that pretty quickly once you had made up your mind? It was what was the span of time before you actually announced? Yeah, well, I didn't have too much time to make up you my didn't. mind just to make <laughs> no. sure that I was able to uh, file in a timely fashion. Um, so I, I did spend some time speaking to my mentors um, and close friends and family. I uh, spent some time praying in, in one of my favorite spots in the city, which is over in uh, Libby Hill Park. And, you know, I, I understood that, especially in times of crisis, that this campaign would be a very challenging uh, thing for me personally, as well as, uh, you know, a challenging time professionally. So I didn't want to step into it um, without giving it careful consideration, even if it was, you know, over a relatively short period of time. Right. I actually was going to ask you, do you ask your family for advice? Who do you turn to when you're unsure or you just want to vent? I'm assuming your family. Yeah, family, you know, my parents still um, are right here locally in Hanover. My brother uh, lives in Chesterfield. So everyone's pretty uh, nearby and they've been very supportive of my um, career, you know, personally and, and both professionally as well. And so I definitely talked to them about jumping into this. They were very encouraging and, you know, gave me, I think, some good advice and asked me the questions that you would expect from folks that really love you. And, um, so those conversations with family were really great. And then, like I said, some folks who I've worked with um, in political circles over the last decade that I consider very close friends at this point. That's great to hear. You are the second female candidate running for mayor. So 
does your mom, does she play an important role in your, um, I guess, uh, venting or questions process or your advice? Do you lean on your mom? Yeah, so there are actually three women uh, running. I'm not sure how many, you know, we'll, we'll see if the, any more jump in. But of course, we have Councilwoman Kim Gray, as well as Tracy yes. McLean, uh, who's a, yes. a businesswoman in the area. So I think it's exciting to see, you know, women stepping up uh, to lead in this moment. My mom certainly has been, you know, incredible uh, and encouraging for me over the years. Uh, so is my dad. I mean, they both really instilled at me from a young age that if you work hard and, and you're diligent and you're perseverant, um, that that you can achieve anything. And, you know, my mom has worked incredibly hard throughout her career, um, often, you know, or frequently juggling multiple jobs to make sure that I was able to um, achieve my dreams and, and pursue an education uh, here at VCU and uh, just making sure that I was set up for success. And I'm incredibly indebted to uh, both my parents for instilling those values in me and for supporting me throughout the years. That's wonderful. That's that's very nice. As a mom of three daughters, the um, mom in me is a little bit curious, <laughs> I guess, about you when you were a child. When you were a little girl, did you know what you wanted to do career-wise? Did you have an idea? Was this on your on your thought process? What what were you thinking you wanted to do as a little girl? Yeah, when I was younger, I wanted to uh, help people. It's always been kind of my drive was helping people. And when I was younger, I mostly thought about helping people as a doctor um, and wanting to oh, okay. uh, pursue a career in medicine. And, you know, so I... I started out that road. I, I later realized that science is not my for my my strongest point. <laughs> uh, so we made some adjustments later in life. But I still, you know, the inner drive was always to help care for people. And yes. I've created a, a career in public service where, you know, I'm fighting for those same values. Yes, for sure. Your website, actually, the um, section that is... Um, I guess meet, what does it say? Meet uh, Alexis, that section. That's mm -hmm. a great way to get to know you. But I, I just like to ask the questions that are not on your website. Sure. <laughs> so uh, if you would also like to share a little bit about your time um, when you were um, at the, you did some work with Planned Parenthood. Is that right? That's right. The so communications? I was, yep. I was communications director for Planned Parenthood here in Richmond. And so in that role, uh, we were very active in the fight to expand access to healthcare through Medicaid expansion. Um, many folks in the community know this was a years long fight uh, to make sure that up to 400,000 uh, folks would be able to access affordable healthcare. Um, you know, that was a key win for our community, both in the city, but then across uh, the state to make sure that folks had better access to healthcare. Um, also working at Planned Parenthood, obviously, to pr protect and uh, expand access to reproductive health care services, uh, the full range of reproductive health care. And, you know, for me, making sure that young women who are attending VCU had access to birth control, as well as folks that are in the east end of the city that's historically been, um, you know, at quite of a distance from access to quality health care. That was just a really um, important role for me uh, to be able to play a part in in really delivery of healthcare for the city. Yes. And then also you are the Virginia state director for care in action, uh, the policy and advocacy home for uh, domestic workers. Did you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So as state director for care in action, we have been making historic grounds for 
domestic workers. So those are nannies, cleaners, and home care workers who, you know, take care of our homes and, and uh, also our loved ones. Um, I know a lot of moms uh, rely on uh, someone else to, to help make sure that the household is running uh, on time and in order. Um, and so as state director for Care in Action, we were able to pave the way for uh, wage protections for domestic workers. A lot of people don't realize that nannies and cleaners and home care workers were actually excluded from earning the minimum wage in our laws. So, you know, while it's often that, you know, employers of domestic workers might pay a fair wage, they weren't protected by our, our state laws. And in fact, we're the first state in the whole South to expand um, or to, I should say to protect access to uh, protect workers by giving them uh, wage protections uh, through our law. So it was really exciting to have that um, quick um, success here in Virginia to be able to um, give domestic workers wage protections. But there's so much work to do uh, to, to continue to make sure that these important workers get access to benefits and uh, workers' compensation, unemployment insurance, things that a lot of folks just don't even uh, think seriously about, kind of take for granted in their course of their daily right. life. Right. That's uh, that's a good point. What I guess, how do you I shouldn't ask what how do you plan on connecting with the community? Obviously, now times are still a little bit odd and unique, not just now, but for voting and then beyond November. How do you envision you con connecting and reaching out to the community? Yeah, well, certainly um, a part of the reason why I was able to get off to a, such a strong start with my campaign is because I've been living and working, you know, in the Richmond area literally my entire life. Uh, so I have a lot of folks who are in the community who know my work experience and know uh, my leadership who want to support my campaign. And, you know, that's because I've been out in the community uh, advocating for healthcare, advocating for uh, better, better environmental policies. And so as I campaign, I'm really going to rely on that network of folks who have uh, worked with me over the years to help make sure that I'm getting in front of as many uh, communities and neighborhoods as possible. Uh, while we're still social distancing, I know there are still opportunities that we can, you know, have virtual meetings or, you know, meet in a park and, and stay at a distance. Um, and I look forward to, to those conversations. I've always been um, really interested in listening to folks' experiences and their stories, what brought them to Richmond, what keeps them here. Um, and so I'm really excited as I move along this campaign to meet so many more folks in the city who uh, call this place home or work here or, or visit here. Right. When you announced that you were running for mayor, you released a statement and you mentioned a little bit about the homeless population. Do you feel that it has been glossed over? And then what do you uh, think could, obviously, there is always room for improvement, could be improved? And what would you like to work on in the city for homelessness? Yeah, I mean, I'll give you an example. Just a couple months ago here, as we were really starting to grapple with coronavirus and the impact on particularly communities of color, uh, there was um, an area of the city where folks were staying in tents and it was called Camp Kathy. And these folks, you know, were quarantining in place, essentially. That was their home, were, were the tents. Right. And they were providing mutual aid for each other. Um, and unfortunately, the city leadership, I think, in an intent to um, find them a safer option for housing, really treated those folks with uh, less than, I would say, humane standards. Uh, they basically told them, 
you're evicted from from your home, right? And in this case, their home was tent. Um, and right. they just kind of took a dump truck and, and trashed all their belongings. And so I think when we talk about uh, folks who are experiencing homelessness, we have to start from a place of understanding that these are still human people that should be treated with uh, dignity and respect, just like anybody who owns property or rents or, you know, lives in, in what folks would consider a traditional home. Um, and so I think if you don't right. start from that place of value and that perspective that every person is equal, then you've already, you know, missed, missed the mark here. And I know we have so many great community partners who have been working to uh, make sure that we have access to stable housing for every resident. And so as mayor, you know, I'm going to continue to work with those folks who have been on the grounds really making sure that we can um, provide housing for every Richmonder. And that we're treating, like I said, every person with dignity and respect. Right. Agreed. I, I agree. How can Richmond come out on the other side of this stronger, united and growing together? Well, number one, I think it's important that, you know, our leaders are listening to the community. I think we'll remain divided and become even more divided if we don't have leaders who are taking into consideration every person's voice. And, you know, I had a great conversation with someone the other day who lives along Monument Avenue. And, you know, she has a family there and she was concerned about the protesters and the violence that was ensuing, ensuing from the police and, and from protesters. And, you know, she said, I think it's a good idea to have a curfew at first. Um, and then once the curfew was uh, enacted and the violence from the police really kind of escalated, to realize, hey, you know, maybe this isn't great and, and maybe there is an issue with our police system and, and maybe we need to make some more changes to uh, the way we do policing in the city. And so as we move forward, I think it's important to realize that when we have these conversations, not everyone is going to agree. Um, people's opinions might change over time, but it's important that we're True, listening right. and respecting every single person. And that's the only way that we're going to move forward is if we're giving equal value to the person who's marched every day since George Floyd was killed and to the person who just yesterday realized, hey, this is a problem. Police violence is an issue. And to the person that still thinks that we should have monuments to the Confederacy uplifted, every single person's voice in the city should be heard at an equal playing field. And right now, I think, you know, we're giving preference to the folks who, are, who have historically been considered more powerful. Right. I would like to lighten things up a little bit, if that's okay yeah. with you. Would you be okay with like a quick rapid fire, just random questions? Sure, let's go for it. Okay, good. Okay, favorite movie? Oh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> oh, that is a good yeah. one. <laughs> favorite time of year? Your favorite time of year? The fall. Oh, me too. Comforting or inspirational quote or a verse? Ooh. That's a hard one. Um, geez, I'm blurring. We can skip that. Idea. It's fine. No, we can, we can skip that. <laughs> we can completely skip that. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Do you drink coffee? Every day. Yes. <laughs> two cup minimum for me. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm a two cup minimum. Uh, um, was just thinking actually when you were talking, um, about when I asked you about how Richmond can come out on the other side, it made me think of um, the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. Yep. I remember when it came out and I did some digging. I was so intrigued by the story and any, any movie that is based on a true story. I always want to know. I always want to know more. And so I was researching the actual um, Chris Gardner and the reverend that helped him out 
uh, the real Chris Gardner, one of his, um, I guess, quotes that helped uh, Chris Gardner was baby steps count mm-hmm. too. And I love that. And I think that that's, if we can, you know, kind of all keep that, I guess, way of thinking, then, you know, like you said, everybody has an opinion. You're not going to make everybody happy. But the whole point of this is to just come together and, and the division just is, it's really upsetting. And um, I, I just think that we could learn from one another, but obviously we, we have a lot to do. There's no protest handbook <laughs> and everyone wants to be heard. And, you know, everyone is just as important as the next. And it goes back to the, the homeless tent camp. Yep. Like you said, every, every human being is just as important as the next. Um, and so I just wanted to thank you so much for joining me today. I wanted to get to know you, like I said, beyond your website. And if, if you would like to just really quickly, if you wanted to mention your website, if you want to, I don't know if you want to mention uh, your social media, if you'd like to mention that. Absolutely. So, uh, folks who are interested in learning more can visit my website, which is alexisrogers.com and I'm active on Twitter. My handle is at AE Rogers. Um, so please do follow along with the campaign and hope to earn uh, Richmond City support, but also know that uh, Richmond is a is a region and it's important that we have support from uh, you know, our, our surrounding counties as well. Yes. Thank you so much, Alexis. It was really nice to talk Thank to you. Thank you. Good to talk to you. And hopefully it's not the last time. No, I agree. I have to have you back on. Yeah. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. And hopefully it's not the last time. Monday Moms is a production of T3 Media, LLC, and the Henrico Citizen. New episodes appear every Monday on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe today. For more sponsorship information, email Tara Gray at tara at henricocitizen.com.